0: Today I'm going to talk about um, something I talked about a couple weeks ago, which is, um, I called it One Good Choice. I'm doing a part two today. Um, God spoke to me some things that are kind of amazing in his word. He just took me more through it, and I'm just really excited about it because it's something that that we all need to practice, um, but we all need to see kind of like a bigger picture of it, so... I'm going to just start in 1 Peter chapter 5. Um, You can go there if you'd like. I'm going to be, we're going to be traveling in the word today quite a bit. Um, So 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Um, If not, you can write it down. But you can put it up, Edwin, please. It says, uh, casting all your care upon him, meaning Jesus, for he cares for you. And two weeks ago, we talked about. Uh, what that means and and uh, kind of six things that we uh, came up with when in regards to that passage. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen? You believe that he cares for you? Amen. Amen. All right. So the first thing is that he cares for what you care for. Um, Jesus is... He's concerned about what you're concerned about. Amen. So we talked about that. We talked about that. You have to cast your cares. It says basically casting means to release them. You have to release your cares. Uh, God's not going to come take them away from you. You have to. You have uh, free choice. You have your will, free will, so you can uh, either keep your cares and, and carry them around or you can release them and cast them upon him. And, yeah, upon him, which is Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth. Amen? Our Savior. Isn't that awesome? He died on the cross for us, our sin. You know, sometimes it's, it's a difficult uh, concept to grasp in our mind, in our, like, brain. But this is a faith thing. Amen? We believe that Christ died on the cross for our sin. The Bible says that he He who knew no sin became sin. So, Place it upon him. Number four was uh, something we grabbed from the Amplified Version that once you cast your cares upon Jesus, you can't take them back. I mean, you could if you want, but it's recommended <laughs> that you don't take them back. Leave them there and let Him give you direction with whatever care you have. And believe me or not, um, in, in the toughest situations, God gives you direction and answer. And, and, and we'll see how he does it sometimes, and sometimes it may not look like what we want to hear, but nonetheless, he does uh, speak to us uh, once and for all. So the, the next thing is that, can you put the verse back up? It says that he cares for you. Thank you. It says that he cares for you. And again, in the amplified version, it says that he He has his eyes on you, and he takes care of you very carefully. You guys remember that? Very carefully. So I don't know about you guys, but it it just feels so good that our creator, our maker, uh, he cares for us very carefully. He watches over us. Amen? So when you release them, this is the sixth uh, thing, when you release them, uh, you receive answers. The Bible says in Philippians four says, uh, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Amen. Don't be anxious about things, pray about all things. And when you pray about all things, you'll receive peace that surpasses all understanding. If you want peace that surpasses your own understanding, the understanding of the world, the understanding of the person next to you, it surpasses all understanding, peace that that you cannot understand. It's like, where is this peace coming from? I should be like depressed. I should be sad. I should be in turmoil. But there's an inner peace in me that surpasses all understanding. Why? Because I've cast my cares, I've prayed about everything, and I'm not anxious about anything because He's he's got me, amen? So then we went to Luke chapter 10. So go to Luke chapter 10. This time I do want you to go because we're going to spend a little bit of time here. So go to Luke chapter 10, verse 41. This is where what we read last two, two weeks ago. Luke chapter 10. And I'm just kind of setting a little bit of a platform here so we can go into our next thing. So Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Say amen when you have it, when you scroll all the way down. It took me forever. Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Are you there? All right. It says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it or chosen it, and it will not be taken away from her. We saw that Martha was busy serving. She was a busy bee. She was doing all she could for Jesus, but she missed one part, that one good part that Mary chose, and Mary chose that one good part, and Jesus says it will not be taken away from her. So we realize that Mary made this one good choice that actually affected her entire life, and I don't know about you, but when you... Make this choice when you yourself decide, Jesus is my priority. I have to give him time. Yes, my family is important. My career is important. Ministry is important. But ministry is not your relationship with God. Amen. Your job is not your relationship with God. All right. Your relationship with your spouse is not your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is obvious is your relationship with God. And we must make time for it. We must choose that good part like Mary did. And I hope that you can get a clearer picture of what that means. Now, when the Lord, when I, when I was meditating on this, the you know, after, after I preached it that Monday, I always meditate on the stuff that Lord speaks to me, not because I want to hear uh, another message from him, just because I'm, I'm eating this too. Amen. So I'm meditating with him. And and he says, you know, the reason that I say that Mary chose that one good part, that portion that was good, is because there's other parts. Martha was another part of the story, but there's three siblings here. Lazarus is a sibling of Martha and Mary, and Lazarus also has a part in this story. He chooses another part. Why is it that when Jesus comes to the home, Lazarus is nowhere to be found? Lazarus is not mentioned. He's not there. Now, you got to know something about the Bible. Usually the men are mentioned. It's usually the women that are not. Amen. They fed the 5,000 men, right? But there was women and children there, Luke. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. We love you women, okay? Well, my women especially. (laughs) So Lazarus is just not mentioned. How is it that Jesus is at your house and Lazarus is nowhere to be found? Now Martha's in the home. But Martha might as well be absent, too, because she's not there either. Mary is there. Mary is ready. She's chosen that good part. But Lazarus and Martha, Martha's there but absent. Lazarus is not there. He's nowhere to be found. The Bible doesn't mention him until later. Some of you know when he's mentioned again. How many people do we know that have ran away from their relationship with God? It hurts. It should hurt you. It it hurts me. How many of us know someone that perhaps used to follow Jesus and be in relationship with him? And we see them now and and, and they're living other lives. They've let the the culture and the world consume them. And you think how it, I don't know about you guys, but I think how is that possible? Right? And And I don't get on my high horse because honestly, that can happen to any of us. That's why we got to get submitted under grace all the time. We got to know that it's his work and not ours. We got to know that he's the great one, that, that he died on the cross for us, that it's because of his grace that we are where we are. Amen. And so how many people do we know that once had a relationship with God, but, but now they're nowhere to be found. They're believers in Christ. They're children of God. Because as you will find out later, and I'll sort of give you a preview, Jesus loves Lazarus the same way he loves Martha, the same way he loves Mary. He doesn't have any favorites. Mary's not his favorite. Martha's not his favorite. Lazarus, he loves all of them the same, but they have a different type of relationship with Jesus. Lazarus, nowhere to be found. Martha is busy. She might as well be nowhere to be found. And Mary, let's find out what Mary's doing. Mary is in verse 38. Let's start there. Same uh, book, chapter. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Listening to what he taught. In other versions, it said he, she sat at his feet to hear the word. Say word. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, because misery loves company, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Jesus, come on, tell her. Because I'm doing all the work, and I'm doing all the good stuff, and she's over here just being lazy, sitting her butt down. Tell her to get up and help me. But Mary, verse 38, 9, excuse me, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught, listening to, to his words. Sometimes when we go to God, we want to just listen to us. I, I do it too. It's like, Lord, I'm here to just hear me talk to you the whole time. And God is showing us here. Mary's a great example in the word of God, y'all. She's an awesome example. She's there sitting at his feet. Listening to his word. Martha's going crazy. Oh, my God, got to get the, the lamb chops. Yeah, God, oh, I'm serving the Lord. Praise Jesus. I don't know what he's about, but he likes this stuff, I guess, I think. Lazarus? I don't know. Mary, though. The Bible says in Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Mary is, is being still, sitting at his feet, and she's knowing who God is. Knowing that he is God is knowing what he's done for you and what he continues to do for you today. Knowing him is basking in his glorious grace. Knowing him is knowing that he is holy, that he's awesome in splendor, that he's full of praises. I mean, Jesus is walking into her home. I think sometimes we may not grasp all of what that means, but Jesus in the flesh, Jesus, God in the flesh is walking into the home of Martha, Mary and Lazarus. Martha is busy, Lazarus not there, and Mary is being still and knowing God. You know what the the Bible says in John 17, 3? It says, eternal life is to know him. Amen? Eternal life is not a place and a destination. It's a person. Eternal life is to know him. And you live your life knowing him. This is is our call as a church, as, as a church of Jesus Christ, to know him. Amen? This is eternal life, to know him. So there's three parts. To this story. There's Lazarus, there's Martha, and there's Mary. And Jesus loves all three. He loves them. He loves them so much. You believe that? They just all relate differently. In this case, I think it would be good for us to follow Mary's example in this case. Amen? Amen? Or oh, you, you can do Martha if you want, but I, I'm going to do Mary. I'm going to follow what Mary's doing. So John chapter 11 is where we are going to see this all unfold in a glorious and mighty way. So when you have it, please let me know. John 11, right there at the top. If you have a Bible with titles like mine, you'll see that the top says probably the death of Lazarus. Are you there? John chapter 1, I mean 11, verse 1. It says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Did you catch that? Did you catch that in verse 2? It was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet and her hair, with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Mary is on a roll. This is the same Mary. I want to be like Mary. Mary is on a roll. Let me tell you. Jesus goes to Her house, she's at his feet. Jesus is in public, she's at his feet. Her heart, her posture of worship is constant. She's at his feet. Jesus in the home, at his feet. Jesus in public, at his feet. Jesus at school, at his feet. Jesus at work, at his feet. All the time, Mary, we know who that is now, is her at his feet worshiping. Hearing the word. There's there's another one, but the the first one said she's hearing the word. Now she's worshiping Jesus, anointing his feet with perfume in her hair. Jesus is asked. Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So just so you know, I'm gonna fill in the story. They sent him a message. Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You love him. Right? Remember, he loves all three of them. Jesus is like, okay, yeah, I'll be down there in a minute. Lord, he's been sick for three days now. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll be down there in a minute. Don't worry, he's going to be all right. And the disciples are like, oh, dude, are you sure? He's going to be fine. Amen? So we pick up the story here in verse 17. Now, remember, these are three relationships with Jesus. They're just different. Verse 17, are you there? So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Jesus is late, y'all, according to their time. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met, met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, listen, please carefully. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Listen to her response, please. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. In the resurrection, at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection, busy bee, and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Martha? Look at her response again. Again, different relationships. She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is come into the world. Huh? Wait, what? I am the resurrection and the life. Yes, I believe that you're the Lord Jesus. Martha confronts Jesus, but Martha don't know Jesus too well. Martha says... If you had been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. Jesus responds. Your brother will rise again. Jesus is trying to to speak the word. You know that the, the words of Jesus are spirit and life? Did you know that? Jesus is saying the words of spirit and life. Your brother will will rise again. And Martha's like, yeah, I know. In the last day, he will be risen again. I know that. (sighs) See, she has a lot of information, but not a lot of revelation. And we don't need more information. We need revelation. Information without revelation is just information. Amen? We don't need more data in our computer. We need the program to run well. We need revelation. Martha, unfortunately, responds with, yeah, I know. She's been listening. She has head knowledge. She knows the Father's will is that everyone would see Jesus, believe in him, have eternal life, and be raised up on the last day. She knows the raised up on the last day part. She knows that part. Information, but no revelation of who Jesus is. And Mary, I can't wait. Mary has a revelation. She knows who Jesus is. Look at what Jesus tells Martha in verse 25. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Now, when I I looked at that, I said, he's saying he is the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is different than life. Resurrection is when dead things come back to life. But then what is life? Life is eternity. Life is eternal. That's what he says there. And he's trying to tell Martha that he is, not that he performs, not that he does, that he is resurrection, that he is eternal life. That's what he's trying to. To have you catch, and I catch, and Martha catch. Not that he will perform a miracle, that he is resurrection in life. Then he explains it to her further. Go further now with Jesus. Go further. He says, he who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. Resurrection. And whoever lives, lives. Lives. And believes in me shall never die. But you see, Martha is not hearing that because when 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 busy bee doesn't recognize the voice of God, doesn't recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. When it, when the Holy Spirit's giving revelation, it sounds like information when we're not used to hearing His voice. So He's saying, "Look." If dead things are around me, they live again. If living things are around me and they believe in me, they shall live forever. Man has been looking for mortality for ages. The fountain of youth. All of these crazy things. It's in Christ. You want to live forever? You have to believe in Jesus and you shall live forever. Eternal life. I can't make this up. His will says again, his will says again, I want everyone to see Jesus, that sees Jesus, to believe in Jesus, have eternal life and resurrection. Be raised up on the last day. That's exactly, I can't make this up. This is exactly what he's telling Martha. Though they may die, they will resurrect Though they live and believe in me, shall not die. This is the cycle of life of Jesus. He's in a different reality, a different zone than us. Our cycle of life is being born, being grown, and dying. That's our cycle of life, not for Jesus. For Jesus, we don't have a start. We have a start in him, and we end in him. We don't have a start like we, we think we have a start. It's life constantly when we're in him. I know this is like, this is some good stuff. This is deep. And Martha, now now do you get her response is weird? Oh, yeah, I believe that you're the Lord Jesus that came into the world. Yeah, I believe it. What? I'm trying to tell you who I am, not my position, not my title, who I am, my heart. My heart for you. My heart for your family. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're coming at me with titles. Titles and positions. Okay. I think we spent good enough time there. Because I have a lot more for next Sunday. Verse 28. And when she said, she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, lying, actually, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly, meaning Mary, and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb. To weep there. I don't know if you caught it. Verse 30. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town. But was in the place where Martha met him. Martha hasn't moved. I mean Jesus hasn't moved. Martha moved. She moves a lot. Jesus has not moved. Because Jesus doesn't move based on us just Saying things or using formulas or our own strength. He moves by faith and relationship. It's as if Jesus came to the front door and usher Martha said, hey, welcome, Jesus. We're here to serve you. I know who you are, kind of. I got to run. I got a bunch of stuff to do. I'll be right back. Come in. Yeah. And Jesus doesn't move. He's at the front door. And the worshiper, why is Jesus... He hasn't moved. He has not moved. Don't y'all want to move Jesus to do amazing things in your life and for others? Amen? Okay, good. Good answer. Verse 31. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her. When they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Now, check this out. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. Saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary, Jesus goes to her house, at his feet, listening to the word. Mary, in public, at his feet, worshiping him. Mary, in the trial, in the tribulation, at his feet, pouring herself out. I want you to notice, she said the exact same thing that Martha said. I mean, word for word, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The exact same thing. Now, I don't know about you, if you've ever prayed a prayer that you've heard before thinking, this this is going to work. Right? Because, you know, that person, it's revelation, not information time is that okay we're good let's keep reading therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping he groaned in the spirit and was troubled Jesus looks at Mary she falls down at his feet she's weeping Jesus groans in the spirit and he's troubled. I sense Jesus moving. I know some of you know the story, and you know where this is headed, but I want you to see the three parts Lazarus in the tomb. He needs the resurrection and life. Martha, information. Mary. Something's happening here. Verse 34. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. This is not a story about who's better and, you know, who's on top. It's a story about relationships. It's a story about communion with God. It's a story about intimacy with the Lord. It's a heart of worship. It's a heart of connection, a heart of relationship that God wants from our our lives. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, and bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. See, Lazarus, he needed resurrection and life. He needed to be alive physically, but he needed to be alive spiritually. And when Jesus stands in front of Martha and says, I am the resurrection and life, he's saying, This is what your brother needs me. He goes to the tomb. People, they don't know what he's going to do. They are there to witness. And Jesus, obviously, everything he does is calculated, and everything he does is for the glory of his Father. And he prays a prayer out loud. It says, Father, I'm praying this really so that everyone can hear me. Because I want them to see your work. And I'm praying this, Lord, and I thank you for hearing me because you always hear me. I just want you guys to know that the Lord, He hears us. Our Father hears us. He hears us. But Lazarus, He's in the tomb, He's been dead for four days. He's been dead four days. Now, Lazarus is kind of smelling by now. He smells not so good in the tomb. Okay? And <laughs> they've shut the tomb door. The tomb door is shut. Amen? So the tomb door is shut there is almost no humanly way possible that someone that's been dead four days who is smelling now and the tomb that has been shut, there's no way on, in an earthly solution that this person can come back to life. Now listen, sometimes we look at people Are you listening? And we think there's no way. There's no way that God, that that person can come back to God or just come to God, period. There's no way. There's a stench even. And, And from our perspective, not from God's perspective. The tomb is closed. It's it's too late for that person. We think like that sometimes. We count people out. But for Jesus, it's never too late. For Jesus, there is always hope. There's always a possibility. The person you think is the worst of the worst, there's always a possibility for Jesus Christ. We might see someone that seems hopeless. We might have known them personally. We might might know them personally now, and, and we think, man, how is this gonna happen? I mean, Jesus is in front of this tomb. Martha and Mary are like, how is this gonna work? The Jews are there. They're like, what's going to happen? How is this even possible? Why are we opening this tomb? He smells already. There's no no way. There's no way that this can happen right now. The problem is that they didn't know him. Martha didn't know him. The, The Jews there didn't know him. They didn't know he was the resurrection and the life. Like no one dies in Christ. No one dies in Christ. They opened a tomb, as we read, and Jesus, like it's done for Jesus. But I think just for fun. He's going to say, Lazarus, come forth. How could he hear him? How could Lazarus hear Jesus? We think, how can that person ever hear from God? They even hate God. They're devil worshipers. They're Satanists. They're this. They're that. How could they even hear God? That, that, that person is beyond hope. How does Lazarus hear the words of Jesus? I told you earlier, when when we open our hearts, when people open their hearts to the word of Jesus Christ, anything that's dead comes to life. And anything that lives in him lives forever. He calls Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth! Come forth. Lazarus comes stumbling out. The picture there of a person that has given their life to Christ. That is now seeing for the first time like they have never seen before. Can you imagine the testimony of Lazarus? I was dead and now I live because of Jesus. I was dead, dead in my sins. I was dead. I was beyond dead. I was gone. But Jesus, in his grace, he has saved me. And only he can do that. And Jesus says, loose him and let him go. I love that. I just love that picture of a man being so tied up in his death clothes. He's in his grave clothes. He's all tied up. And and Jesus says, Loose him and let him go. Give that man freedom. But it's more than just the outside thing that Lazarus was going through. This was his soul ripping through the death that had enclosed him, like it once enclosed us. But now we are free. Now we have been saved. Jesus has called us out from darkness. Jesus has called us out from the tomb. And he says to us now that we've been loosed, that we can be let go, be free, children of God. You know what the crazy thing is here? Is that the reaction of the people. I just want to touch on this just for a quick minute. There's two reactions. Some Jews believe Jesus from here on out. I don't know who wouldn't. But some people don't. Hopefully that wouldn't be us if we were there. Amen. But you never know. But some do not believe in him still. They go and tell the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they come up with this amazing Stupid plan. Let's kill them both. Isn't that stupid? Hey, uh, yeah, he resurrected Lazarus. He's alive now. He was dead four days. Yeah, that's not going to work. Because religion wants to put you back in that tomb. Don't let religion put you back in that tomb. I got to do this. I got to do that. Oh, this and that. It's about relationship. If you haven't learned anything, this whole sermon, this is about relationship. It's about what Mary did every time. Mary at home at his feet, listening to the word. Mary in public at his feet, anointing him with perfume and washing his feet with her hair. Mary in the trial and tribulation falls at his feet, pouring her heart out. It's about relationship. There's three parts to this story. But Mary, Mary made that one good choice. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the L.A. area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.